What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in again today for episode seven. This is your boy Brian uh, and DJ coming to you live. Uh, I'm in Pittsburgh. DJ's in Fairmont, West by God, Virginia. Um, so we're coming to you live on this what is today Monday evening. Um, so yeah, we got some some good good stuff for you today. DJ, you want to say say something? Yeah, let's get it started today with some good conversations. Uh, you know, I'm really excited to get recording again. It's been a little bit, but yeah, we're back. Yeah, it kind of sucks having to be an adult sometimes, but here we are. So, uh, so yeah, we got some the slate for you today. We got our positive story as usual. I'll be getting to that in a second. Um, we had some feedback from y'all uh, for some topics. Uh, one of those was top five beers, so we'll give you all our top five uh, list of beers here um, on this episode. Uh, debate topic, kind of, is golf a sport? Uh, that's going to be interesting. Um, best Call of Duties, uh, baseball predictions for MLB. It's officially spring training. Um, we're out there. Everybody's playing. The Pirates still suck, and we're going to give you our predictions. Um I'm on record of saying Zion is a bust, and I'll apologize for that later. Um, and then lastly, we got WVU basketball uh, collapsing real hard, um, being a diehard fan and myself an alum. Uh, what the hell is going on? So that being said, our little positive story for the day, um, definitely cool. I'm a big Sons of Anarchy fan, so bikers are kind of like, I don't know, I think they're pretty badass. Um so I read a story. Um, the headline says bikers are giving courage and emotional support to kids escaping child abuse. Um, and basically what they're doing is they offer like straight up protection, like consolation. Uh, these guys go with them to um, they go with them to like their testimonies or whatever. Like they walk them to the stand. Like it's really cool stuff. Um, and it's called Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA. Um, I guess they're an international nonprofit um, and they recruit volunteer bikers. Um, is basically an emotional support system uh, for kids who suffer from suffer from parental abuse. Um, basically, you know, if they have like a bad night, uh, they can call these guys. They'll come like, you know, bikers don't go anywhere by themselves. So, so they'll come and like, I don't know, just sit there with them, protect them, you know, whatever makes them feel safe. So I thought that was that was really cool because, you know, typically, you know, you think bikers and you think these guys are going to beat your ass like they can just they, they roll up, just whoop ass. Um and that, that's the end of it. But these, it's, it's kind of cool to see, uh, see the stereotype broken, uh, a little bit and, and use that intimidating, um, use that intimidation factor for something, something good. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of something we both saw and thought that was really cool. Um, so just wanted to mention that real quick. Um, DJ, did you have anything additional positive wise, anything at all? No, no bet. Um, all right, so we'll go ahead and get into it. Uh, top five beers. Um, so this is something that was submitted to us uh, by y'all. Um, and I guess I'll go ahead and start. For me, uh, indeed, you visited when we were down in Charlotte. Like, the when I lived there, like, the beer, like, when you say top five beers, it can be top five, like, college beers it can be top five like ipas top five stouts top five lagers and the list goes on uh being 24 years old um college beer is definitely what comes to mind so from one to five in terms of college beers cheap beer like piss beer whatever the term you want to use is uh i'm gonna go uh 
God. Natty Light at number one. <laughs> hey, don't laugh, bro. Uh, <laughs> Bud Light, number two. Miller Light, three. Oh, my God. Coors Light, four. And five. Uh, man, I'm going to go Bush Lattes. Um, I don't even like Bush, but I don't like anything past that anyway. So that's my top five beers, bro. Natty just goes down like water. I don't know. What, what are your top five beers? I can't do natty. Um, I I don't really venture too much whenever I drink beer. I just usually stick to like the the simple stuff. But I, I've got Michelob is one, Bud Light is two. I did venture off one day because they didn't have Bud Light, so they said, uh, "Yeah, we got Stella Artois." So I was like, "All right, let me get one of those," and uh, it was surprisingly pretty good. Um, Coors, and then Miller. Miller's just. That's like right at the edge of being terrible. Yeah, honestly, I started liking Miller. Like when I was like started to drink, Miller was my go-to. But then it it just tasted like it's terrible. Like I can't I can't hardly do it anymore. Yeah, it's I think I said that was my third favorite. But like you're talking, <laughs> you're you're like once you get past your top two with that kind of beer, it gets bad. Yeah, uh, it's pretty rough. Yeah, the my favorite type of beer is cold and my second is free so i don't really you know with, with that kind of thing it's very subjective now if you go down to like somewhere where micro brews are, are big like i lived in charlotte for a little under a year the the beer like the ipas down there there were so many breweries with so many good beers um my favorite one was the big o and it was a citrus ipa from sugar creek brewing shout out to sugar creek real quick uh it's my favorite they had the best beer down there Another one was Red Oak Ale, um, and I don't remember who brewed that. It might have been Red Oak Brewing, honestly, but I don't really remember. Um, that would make sense, but it uh, could have been somebody else. Uh, but, yeah, definitely, if you all ever go to Charlotte, check those two out. Check out Sycamore. Uh, I didn't really like Old Mecklenburg, but, you know, you guys can do it. There's a Cider Works there. Brewers 4001 Yancey, bro. Just go go try beer. Like, they're all better Natty Light and Bud Light. Like, the world goes on without those, but... But no, dude, I've never actually had Stella Artois, like, ever. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, whenever I was in Cleveland for work, I, uh, I we went to Saucy Brew Works, and, God, they have, they have some pretty good pizza, honestly. But beer-wise, uh, I did venture off and try something that they had. Uh, I was a little skeptical at first, but they have a beer called Red Gummy Bear, and it is, uh, it's a blonde ale, and it's red, uh, obviously. But it is it is pretty good. Uh, Out of Cleveland, I would definitely yeah, I would definitely try that. Mm. Well, Cleveland ain't too far from the Berg. Might just have to take a trip, see what happens. But uh, but yeah, those to answer y'all's question, those are our top five beers. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on social if you think uh, if you think Natty Light isn't the best beer out there, because I'll debate you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so those are our top five beers, guys. Next one, next topic. Is golf a sport? Deej, I'll let you answer first. Oh, man. Um, that's a tough one. Um, it's definitely very difficult. Um, says dictionary.com defines a sport as an athletic activity requiring skill or physical powers. Um it's definitely it definitely requires skill. Um, 
for me at least, it's a lot of guessing. Uh, I'm sure once you know what you're doing, there's there's not a whole lot of guess to it. But uh, I I'm gonna go ahead and say yeah. Uh, but it's definitely very difficult. Um, it's not a whole you know you don't have to you don't have to run, you don't have to jump. You know, it's that 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 kind of makes you go back a little bit and kind of think even more. But whenever it's something that's so precise, you know, you miss by just an inch and you're in the trees like I am every time I play. But uh, I'm going to say yes, it's a sport. So to clarify, the question was, is golf a sport or a hobby? And I... I'm trying to learn how to golf, y'all. Like, I we went to the range what two weekends ago, um, yeah. up here, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I'm not really gonna attest too much. But like, my thing is, it requires zero athletic ability. Like, that's the one thing that all sports require. Like, you look at football, baseball, baseball to a lesser extent, but basketball. Um, you know, your soccer, uh, ice hockey, like all of them require some type of fit. Like they all are physically demanding in one way or another. Golf is not, uh, anybody can play golf. Literally like anybody, you don't have to be in shape. You don't have to be able to run. You can literally, you you don't have to be able to walk. You can drive the cart. Like there's just, that's my one knock against calling golf a sport as opposed to a competitive hobby. Um, I know I got friends at golf, so I might hear about this, but, um, I don't know. I, I, it's got a good, it's got a competitive nature, obviously, but as far as a sport goes, it's like NASCAR. Like what, what qualifies NASCAR drivers to be athletes? Like you sit there, the car does all the work. Like it's the same kind of concept. Like they, they sit there, they drive around a track for 500 laps they get gas every once in a while. I mean, shit, the guy that does the <laughs> changes the gas does more than the driver does during the course of a race. He just sits there and sweats and avoids wrecks and that kind of stuff. There's more of a science to both golf and NASCAR to me than there is athletic ability. So that's kind of like where I'm going with that, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I think to give a, an answer, I think it's 60-40 a hobby. Um, while it is competitive, it requires zero athletic ability. And yeah, that, that's kind of like my bottom line. Not saying it's a bad game or anything, not, no disrespect, but it ain't a sport. Like it's, it's less of a sport than a lot of things. So yeah, that's kind of, uh, that was another topic you guys submitted. So wanted to touch on that. Uh, kind of moving along here. Uh, as most of y'all probably know, new Call of Duty has been out now for a few months. I really like it. Um, DJ we play. Um, it's better than most of them recently, I'll definitely say. Um, I think, I don't know. I think it's the, the cross platform thing adds, adds a good amount to it, a good, you know, good aspect to it. But in terms of best Call of Duty, what do you got? Um, Modern Warfare 2 holds a special place in my heart. I, I absolutely love that game. Um, this new one here is definitely up there, but it'll never replace it. Uh, with the cross platform stuff, it, it definitely makes it pretty interesting. You get, you know, you can get some of the top 
kids that play Xbox against some of the top ones that play PlayStation uh, and some of the top ones that play PC. So it, it definitely adds a lot more, uh, a lot more of a challenge to it. And, you know, you kind of get used to the same kids playing Xbox in a way or PlayStation. Um, but yeah, I, I think in my opinion, the best one for me was Modern Warfare 2. And then I'll definitely rank this newest one uh, right under that. And then all the other ones, I wasn't too much of a fan of. I didn't even buy them. I, I think I bought one and it was like Advanced Warfare. I played it for a little while and then just kind of gave it up and wasn't wasn't too fond of it. Didn't really care about playing it too much. Yeah, I agree with that. MW2 was, was dope. Um they went through a phase, I feel like, where they tried to be too much like Halo. Like, they had the jump packs, and you could run on walls, and you had stupid, like, just stupid guns, that type of thing. Um, I, I'm a big fan, honestly. My favorite one was probably World at War. Um, that was way back. Uh, but that was the first one with the Nazi zombie type deal. And I remember being a kid and playing that. That was, uh, that was my favorite pastime for, like, three years like like just just playing zombies uh that it it i don't know it was kind of like the the component that cod needed for me I, it just made it so much more enjoyable mw2 was definitely the multiplayer uh favorite i feel like but this new one i'm i'm not gonna lie i like it better than mw2 um I think the cross-platform thing. I play PC, um, so the, being able to play with you know people on PlayStation, Xbox is real dope. So I like that. Um, but yeah, I just think the game quality too is is really really good. So yeah, definitely uh, my top Call of Duty. If we're not counting the new one, is World at War, and I still think it's probably World at War. Even if you do count the new one, it was just the World War II games were so much better. Like just they were they were awesome. So yeah, I got MW2 and, and Modern Warfare, or God Almighty, MW2 and World of War are two votes. So let us know what y'all think, uh, if y'all got a favorite, or if y'all play, or whatever y'all do. Um, Alright, so moving on here, we got baseball predictions. Um, haven't really thought too much about this, but since we're in spring training, um, kind of been thinking about it, I'm kind of ready for baseball season. Not for the Pirates at all, but for baseball season. Um... And I kind of wanted to give my prediction um, for, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm predicting. I'm going to go World Series, I guess. So, I don't know. Without the season even starting and being, what, two weeks into spring training, it's really hard to tell. Uh, but two franchises that I think have a very, very good chance this year. I think the Cardinals have a shot to win it all. Um, they're always competitive. They always have a good product on the field. Um, I think the NL Central will be weak this year with the Pirates obviously sucking, the Cubs being mediocre, the Reds being mediocre. Um, the Brewers will be good, but I think I think the Cardinals are the more complete team. Uh, yeah, the Brewers have Yelich and they play in Hitters Park. Um, but but again, I just think I think, um, I think Carpenter and company um, get it done down there in St. Louis this year for the NL. Um, AL... <laughs> It's hard to bet against the Yankees. I know Severino had a had Tommy John surgery or is going to have Tommy John surgery, but you replace that with Garrett Cole, best pitcher in the game right now. Um, you, you get Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton, and uh, Stanton's hurt right now, but it, it's nothing lingering. He just won't be ready for opening day. Um, but 
it's hard to match that lineup, I think. Uh, Gary Sanchez, I mean, those guys can hit the ball five miles, like all of them. Um, so that's, I think, Yankees and Cardinals, uh, Cardinals in six in the World Series. Yeah, I, I like the Cardinals pick. <clears throat> Seems like they always find a way. Um, anytime you look at their roster, man, they have a bunch of guys that you're just like, who in the world is he and where did he come from? And then all of a sudden he's just like, he's going off. Um, <clears throat> I also like the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they just added King Felix this uh, off season, So uh, hopefully that's a big, big uh, addition for them. I don't think he'll disappoint. Um, kind of glad he got out of, uh, oh, shoot. Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. I lost it there. Um, I, I, I just, I feel he, he definitely deserved better than that. Uh, it's, it's good to see him on a good team and the Braves are coming up. They got a lot of young guys that are, that are killing it. As long as everybody can stay healthy, I think they'll make a good run also. I don't want to say for sure who I think is going to be in the World Series. I it's way too early. I there's too many good good players and uh, but if I had to pick out of the NL, it's either going to be Atlanta or St. Louis. Um, and as far as the AL, not a big Yankees guy, but I I agree with what you say. Every year seems like they're they're in the talk and everything. So. Uh, Sadly, I think they'll be in the running. Um, can't really think of any anybody else that that's going to make it out of the AL. Um, the Orioles suck. The Red Sox traded just about everybody. The Blue Jays. That's going to be my new favorite team just because I love Vladdy Jr. and uh, Kevin Biggio and Bo Bichette. Um, you know, grew up watching their parents play, so that's that's pretty cool to see them be up there and doing the same things. But I just think they're way too young. Uh, Hopefully they get to add Alec Manoa from uh, from WVU here soon. Uh, I know he's at least a year into their uh, their minors. So other than that, man, I I really can't think of anybody else. I'd like to see the Angels go. I mean, it, you know, as many people as they have on that team, especially Mike Trout, you'd think they'd make it a little further than what they usually do. But uh, that's kind of sad. I'd, I'd like to see them make it, but Yankees are kind of they're kind of busting their way through there and bullying people. So I imagine they'll make it again. The thing with baseball though, is it all, it's all about who gets hot at the right time yeah. uh, at the end of the season. Like you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not clicking and you're not playing well, it, you're, you're beatable. Um, I think the Rays also have a chance. Uh, I don't think they, they're quite there yet, but I think in the next couple of years, they'll be one of the better teams um, given that, I mean, the, they got Glasnow. They got Meadows from the Pirates, who's young coming up. Um, they got some other guys, and I can't remember who off the top of my head. They got they had Charlie Morton. I think he pitched down there. Um, another ex-Pirate. Um, I mean, they've got a good team, but not going to compete quite yet. Um, and I like the Braves pick. I think Acuna Acuna is one of the top four or five players. Um, in, in baseball right now. And, and I agree also that I, I'd love to see Mike Trout win. Um, but he ain't going to do it in LA angels. I mean, he might've done it the Dodgers. Um, but I think, I mean, honestly, if the angels don't do it in the next couple of years, they might as well just trade him for a metric ton of <laughs> draft picks 
and prospects and whatever and, and just blow that project up. But um, as good as Mike Trout is, I'd love to see him stay in L.A. with the same team this whole career. But the object's to win, and they haven't done it. They they haven't made the playoffs, have they, in, the, in, in a while? Yeah, it's been a while. It's it's surprising with the kind of talent that they have and, and the type of talent that they've added this uh, this offseason. Like, they signed Rendon from uh, Washington. Um, I mean, obviously, you've got Mike Trout, arguably the best player in the league, if not ever. Uh, Pujols is getting old, but, you know, he can add hits here and there when they need it. He comes up in some pretty big spots. Uh, having that that veteran leadership is definitely good, too. Um, <clears throat> they've got Andre Dalton Simmons. He's, I mean, he's a he's a decent shortstopper, second baseman, which I, I don't know if he bounces in between. I'm pretty sure he's just shortstop. Uh, then they've got Justin Upton. I mean, he I'm not gonna say he's like super outstanding, but you know, it's a good bat and a good outfielder. So I mean, they they've definitely got the talent. It's just I think they get hot real early and then they just kinda simmer off towards the end, which is not so good. Um and then like pitching wise, I don't think they've had the best pitching. Um I I know they added Shohai or uh but yeah, look looking at the, yeah looking at their their pitchers right now none of them really stand out uh they do have Dylan Bundy I'm pretty sure he played with the Orioles a couple years ago and yeah, he did pretty good there but there's only so much you can do in Baltimore um but yeah none of their uh none of their pitchers really stand out I think that's where they lack like they have a couple but those couple really can't carry them all season long so yeah, I'm, I'm honestly surprised. Uh, I know Keiko signed with the White Sox, and I'm surprised. I kind of expected them to make a play for that um, in off-seasons and winter meetings um, stuff like that. So I was kind of shocked that Keiko even went to the White Sox. I think that could be a sleeper team, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, they've got I don't, Tim Anderson. Um, yeah. Uh, isn't it Abreu or something? Yeah, Jose Abreu yeah. playing first. Um, I think they, they got a chance with Keuchel being the ace of former Cy Young winner. I mean, it's hard to tell, you know, and, and the White Sox have been bad for a long time. So this could be like, this could be the year they pull up all those prospects they got and, and really make a run at it. Kind of like, uh, I don't know, just kind of like uh, Tampa Bay and Atlanta the last couple of years. Um, add some veteran talent and free agency at the trade deadline and, um and, and call up some talent, see what happens. So it'll be interesting. No, I'm looking forward to baseball season for sure. Just really hope the Yankees don't win, regardless <laughs> of my predictions. So, um, so yeah, we're going to shift, shift gears here a little bit, moving from MLB to NBA. Uh, this is kind of my piece. Uh, I just wanted to apologize. Uh, I said I'm on record of saying several times that Zion would bust. Uh, that's not the case at all. <laughs> He is tearing it up uh, the last, God, however many games. Um, dude is, like, what, 19, Deej? Is 19, yeah, 20? he's 19. And he's yamming all over NBA centers, and no one no one can guard him. Um, my, I'll say he wasn't a bust, but it's hard to tell for me how long his career is going to last. Like, being that big and that athletic. I mean, he's literally Russell Westbrook plus the gumbo. Like, he uh, he's a big boy. And I don't know, like, how long can that – how long can that 
sustain itself basically like he's just i mean he's, he's literally russell russell westbrook um prototype so kind of i mean he's not a point guard or anything but they play the same but yeah that was kind of my little accountability bit there where i wanted to say that i was wrong so um ben if you're listening there you go bob uh zion's not a bust i don't know what do you think yeah, how long do you think he's i don't go? i i don't know if i want to call it a bust yet um he's definitely i mean the numbers he's putting up are, are pretty pretty good i mean it's nothing nothing to really overlook but i mean at 19 years old six foot six 284 pounds I mean, if he stays in New Orleans any longer, he's going to look like Shaq does now by next year. And that's not a good thing. Uh, maybe, you know, if, if he was what Shaq was when Shaq first entered the league, you know, that's, you know, that's a little more understandable. But obviously he's not as tall as Shaq. I mean, he's six foot six. And just looking right here, you know, I see a, a guy, it's six foot 10, 250. And then you've got, Bobin, that's seven four two ninety, and Zion's just about the same weight as him, uh, and considerably shorter. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I think weight might be a factor. Hopefully, he doesn't gain anymore. Being down in New Orleans, eating all that gumbo and all that shrimp, and you know all the good stuff. But I just, I don't know. I don't want to call it a bust, but he makes it work. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's going to be good for the first couple of years. Um, I, I think we've seen that. Uh, but it, the, the thing that honestly pisses me off about this whole thing is the dude missed the first liter, literally the first half of the season. Um, and they're talking about him for rookie of the year and giving him all this hype. And I'm like, dude, like, yeah, while he might have a, a better run right now than John Morant. I don't think there's any question John Morant in my mind should should not win it. I mean, Absolutely. he's put the Grizzlies organization on his back. He's played the whole year. Um, he's been fantastic. And then Zion just comes along and everybody forgets about John Morant. It's, it's, it, it pisses me off, honestly. Um, I think and, – and, and, like, he made it in the Rising Stars Challenge after playing four games. Like, are you kidding? The dude, like – Well, imagine, uh, imagine the – then all the negative that would come from that if they didn't put him in that. And just think of all the positive that did come from it. They put him in there. That got so many more views because everybody wants to see him in it. So, Yeah, but it shouldn't matter. Like the, my, no, my whole I, thing is no, – like, I agree 100%. But it, from their standpoint, like they have to because uh, that's just going to spark you know, good for them. Yeah, it'll be it, – it, it engages fans, I guess. Uh, I'm not a big NBA guy. I don't really care. I follow it, but I'll never sit down and watch a game. Um, it's it, To me, it's the worst American sports league out there um, professionally. So that's kind of like my deal. But, but yeah, no, uh, I, I don't know. It, it He'll be good for a few years uh, in terms of physically, but time will be – I think time and, and – um, time and his weight and his explosiveness might and it might be hard on his body eventually so we'll see um yeah um so last thing uh this one's kind of a local deal um what the hell has happened to wvu basketball and bob huggins uh his his team i i literally i can't watch it anymore 
Um, they were number 12 in the nation, 18-3. and three. Um, Going into the tough stretch of Big 12 play. Not even tough. I mean, we're losing to teams. We beat Texas by 50 flipping points, and we lose to them by seven on the road. I, I don't get how that even happens. Like, you you got guards out here missing wide-open threes. Our two bigs, we're supposed to have the two best bigs in a nation uh, in tandem, and they've been less than uh, – they haven't performed to, to their potential. Uh so how much of it falls on the players? How much of it falls on coaching? Because I've I'm seeing a lot of people now, and this is how WVU fans are. But they turn on the they as soon as something goes wrong, they turn on their coach. Uh, they turn on their players. They turn on everybody. Um, so I'm like wondering. I can't figure out how much of it's coaching. How much of it is the players? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, they definitely fell apart and uh, fell apart quick. It's kind of sad to see because, like you said, everybody does turn. As soon as they lose a couple games, everybody's like, oh, it's same old story every time. Which, I mean, if you look at it, I guess you, I can see where they're coming from. But, I mean, the, the reason the reason everybody turns is because this is the closest thing to, like, a professional sports that we, we have. We don't have any professional sports. Um, so, like, we go all out for our college sports and, you know, obviously everybody wants to win. So when, when we get on a losing streak like this, everybody's just like, all right, that's it. We suck. Maybe next year. So I'm good with the losing streak. To me, it's like they, it's a totally different team. Uh, I mean, there's no inside game and, and hugging like my biggest pet peeve with this whole thing is that Huggins just cannot be positive. Like, I read his post-game presser every single game, and it's all, we didn't do this well. They did this better than us. We didn't do this right. We sucked at this. Our half-court defense wasn't good. This, that, and the other. What the hell did you do right, Bob? Like, honestly, man. Like, I'm not going to sit here and criticize the sixth winningest coach of all time in Division One basketball history. That's not, there's a reason he wins. But come on, man. Like, what what are you doing subbing like like uh, a couple games ago? It was against Texas. We needed a bucket. You put Gabe Osaboyan in the game. The dude literally can't shoot a jump shot. Like it's it's unbelievable. And teams are collapsing in a three twos two or a, yeah two three zone. Throw it in the post. That doesn't work. Everything collapses. We can't shoot from outside. It's just been a disaster. So like honestly, I think sixty forty goes to Huggins. Uh, in my opinion, it's coaching. You have to be able to adjust your team and adjust your personnel accordingly. And he hasn't been able to do that. Um, but then on the flip side, I read something where he said like, yeah, people, you know, when we first started this season, people were coming, there were five, six guys in the gym an hour before practice. And now there's maybe one sometimes like people are disengaged. Um, and I don't really, I don't know. I feel like if somebody's played sports, not at that level, obviously, um, somebody that's played sports, there has to be some accountability on the players to, to work and to fix it themselves. But you know, the coach is the leader. So I don't know. Very frustrating um, to, to watch, but yeah. So I don't know if you had any final thoughts on that or not. Yeah, you, you got to keep it on the players too. Um, I mean, as a coach, it, you can't force the guys to be there. I mean, you, you could make like a mandatory shoot around, but then that's just going to, you know, they're going to think about it like, oh, you know, I really don't want to be here. Then they're going to half-ass it and, you know, just – barely take it serious and just so they're there so they get the the credibility of being there uh so it's it's kind of hard for him to 
to really keep them accountable. Like, yeah, he can make it mandatory. You got to be there an hour before shoot around, but I don't really think that's going to make it. If they're not wanting to be there already, then they're really not going to want to be there when he says they have to be there. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it falls on both of their shoulders uh, as far as the players and, and coach, but uh, I put a little bit more on the, on the players. Uh, mentally, I think they're just really down right now. Uh, looking at it right now, they're 13 and two at home and three and eight away. I can't really seem to, to get it done on the road. And I know it's tough, but I, I believe we have really good talent. It's just, I don't think their, their head's in the right place right now. I think those couple losses really got to them and then they just let it take it away. Uh, they are really young. I think we only have three seniors, so yeah, one of those being Logan Route. He's absolutely garbage. Uh, Shout out Cameron High School. Play. God, that guy sucks. Absolutely terrible. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I think I I, I get what you're saying. Um, where your players have to be accountable, and it's kind of like Saturday, like early workouts for like I don't know Saturday practices in high school. Like we didn't want to be there, and they were always our worst practices uh, for the most part. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just something's got to give. I'm hoping what happens is we go into this Big 12 tournament, go on a little run, not win the thing, but get to the semifinals maybe. Because um, that's what sparked us last year. Uh, we, we had a good Big 12 tournament run. Um, so maybe uh, maybe it'll happen again this year. But, but yeah. Uh, do you got anything else you wanted to touch on? No, nah, I'm good. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up episode seven uh, for us today on Backboards Chilling. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and Facebook. Um, we're going to be trying to put out some more polls, uh, some more tweets for you all, try and make this a more engaging thing as time goes on and we get some more followers. So give us a shot. And we'll see you all for episode eight next time. Peace.